Welcome to Conversation 25. Today I'm in conversation with Scott Aaron. He's an award-winning marketer, best-selling author, top podcast host, and LinkedIn genius. Not only that, he is also an incredible human being with an amazing story to tell. I don't think I need to sell it anymore. Join our conversation. Scott, thank you very much for joining me on the In Conversation podcast. You're an award-winning online marketer, best-selling author, speaker, top podcast host, LinkedIn specialist. You, you certainly know what you're talking about. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, Sam, thank you so much for the opportunity and just really grateful to be here. Uh, pleasure. Can you just, obviously, I've, I've given you quite a, a warm introduction there with, with some titles that are I imagine well deserved. Can you give us a little bit of background as to your journey and how you got to where you are now? It's um, I will uh, for for the sake of time, I will I will give you the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> um, so um, I'm now 41. I just turned 41 in April. Uh, I am uh, set to get married uh, in uh, in in a, in a short while. You know, with with everything that's going on with COVID 19. We're probably going to have a virtual wedding, but um, our marriage license is uh, on its way. So within the next few weeks, congratulations! Um, thank you. Um, I've also been divorced twice, so uh, I know the the struggle of finding oneself, but also understanding emotional maturity and being in a relationship. And I think the lessons that I learned in in those two relationships that led to marriage, but also other long-term relationships that I was in, it, it really helped me discover who I am and who I need to be for the person that I'm with. My, my second marriage did grant me one of the greatest gifts, which is now my seven and a half year old little boy, uh, Taylor. So I'm also a father. Professionally, I, uh, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. I've, I've only worked for myself. I started, uh, in a family business back when I was 18 and a half. It was a, a fitness club in downtown Philadelphia where I lived. And my, my entryway into entrepreneurship was a little bit obscure. My, my father ended up making some bad business decisions uh, a few years prior that ended, ended up landing him in federal prison for 24 to 36 months. So when my father went to prison, I actually had to step up as an adult, as a teenager, to start running the family businesses. And I, I spent time uh, as a gym owner, personal trainer, group fitness instructor, and, and a sports nutritionist from the time I was 18 and a half, almost 19, uh, up until about four and a half years ago. Um, I was still, you know, I still owned and operated a, a gym as of 2016. And uh, July of 2016 closed it. And there was a lot of ups and downs uh, in that journey. Um, I, you know, we, we had two gyms that we ended up selling for a million dollars. So at 24, I became a millionaire. And then about five years later, which was about four years into owning our third and final gym, which I previously stated closed in 2016, I was about $1.5 million in liability debt because I was the only one left with credit. So I had to finance everything in my name. And that was an, uh, also a big lesson. And it, everything kind of culminated when I, you know, you stated that I, I've, you know, an award-winning online marketer, which, which I've been for the last seven years. 
in uh, a couple different aspects. But when I got into online marketing in 2013, this, this whole new world was opened up to me as far as reach, potential, impact, because you know my, my brick and mortar, I was basically secluded by uh, the, the four walls that surrounded me. I, I couldn't break outside of those. So when I really started to focus on growing my online presence, that's when my income also started to really grow. And that also led me to, to opening up a consulting firm in uh, early 2016, teaching uh, entrepreneurs, online marketers, business coaches, sales reps, how to leverage LinkedIn the way that I have to build my business. So I had this consulting firm building, I had this successful online marketing business, but I had this jib that was kind of holding me back. And the, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, was finding a document that I had signed previously, which was the, the lease of my gym. I had just entered uh, a third five-year lease, and I was about a year into that lease, so there was four years remaining. And on the last page, I saw guarantor. And above that line where it said guarantor was my signature, which for those that don't know what that means, when you're the guarantor of a lease, no matter what happens to the business, whether it flourishes or fails, that person is financially responsible for every dollar that's owed. And that was close to a half a million dollars of additional liability debt. So I, I sat with my, uh, my business attorney and we were just kind of strategizing because you know, my landlords had basically run out of money. They, we were the ones that were keeping them afloat. They had no money to put back into the building so that the building itself was falling apart, which means the gym was suffering. We had leaks everywhere. And I, I made the decision that this wasn't going to be a good fit for me personally and professionally because I needed that, that balance of my life. So I ended up filing for personal bankruptcy in July of 2016 to enable me to close this gym since I was the personal guarantor. And I filed for bankruptcy, closed the gym 30 days later. And on August 1st of 2016, that's when I truly stepped into the life that I know as, as it is now uh, of building it the way that I want to. And I always tell people that life just like business is not a straight line. There's, there's a lot of ups and downs, there's twists and turns, there's bumps in the road, but you, you have to be resilient. You have to learn how to overcome those obstacles and that's what I've done and, and that's who I am and, and that's why I'm here today, sharing that story, giving people hope that the only way something is impossible is if you say that it is. Wow, that's quite an incredible story, man. Uh, it seems like you've been through more in half your life as most people will go through in many lifetimes. Um, but I'm sure there's some extremely valuable lessons you've learned because of it. So thinking back over the story you've just given, going back to your 12-year-old self, and this is a question I'd like to start my podcast with is, what would your 12-year-old self be happy and sad about if they met you now? Well, number one, they would be they would be happy that I was still doing what I loved, which was making friends and spending time with, with family, um, still 
playing basketball. I have a hoop at the end of my driveway and my 12 year old self, you know, loved basketball and I'm, I still go outside and, you know, I'll shoot for 10, 10 or 15 minutes every day. And the 12 year old self would also love the, the man that I have become and the father that I have become uh, and the soon to be husband uh, that I'm going to become. Um, I think what my 12 year old self would be sad with is the, the distractions of life now. You know, when I was 12 years old, which is, God, uh, 29 years ago, uh, 1991, wow. there, 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 was no, there was no internet. You know, there, there was no, there were, I mean, you had computers, but no one was spending time. I mean, yeah, we had Nintendo. I think maybe Super Nintendo had just come out. But, you know, I, my, my 12-year-old self would be sad to see how a lot of kids that age are, are not outside uh, making friends and playing outside. And, you know, my son has a neighborhood friend here, Caleb, and uh, they ride their bikes in the cul-de-sac and stuff. That, you know, they played the social distancing game, but they ride their bikes and his little sister comes out. And, and that's what, what I, I really love. But I think what that 12-year-old self of me would be sad is to see all of the kids that are, you know, just inside playing video games all day and not really socializing and not making friends because, you know, that, that's such an important aspect of, of childhood is, is, is making friends and, and being social. Yeah. And I, I gather that social aspect has stayed with you throughout your life. You mentioned in your LinkedIn tagline, um, something about human connection. Human connection so I guess expert, is, yeah. Is that, is, does that sort of tie in, into each other? Has human connection been an important part throughout your life? And particularly in the last, say, four years or so since 2016, has that been important I think it, it's. I think it's always been important to me. You know, I always look back when, uh, when I was a, a kid. You know, I, I have a very tight-knit group of friends. You know, there was nine of us. We, we still talk all the time. We still get together um, as often as we can, obviously not right now, but, you know, we'll get together, you know, at, as 41 year olds and sit there and we'll talk about things that we did when we were 15 and 16, like it was yesterday. And, you know, most of us are our parents and, and husbands now, but it, it's, and, you know, our kids play together, which is very rewarding seeing our, our children play together but I've always been a social person, even when I, you know, when I got into the fitness business that when you, when you own a gym, you, you have to say hi to people that come into the gym and they walk out the door. So it, it, it's, it was constant communication. I, I was working that connection muscle every day. So it becomes part of your DNA. You know, I was always an inquisitive person. I always loved being around people. I, I always, you know, I loved parties. I, you know, I loved being in a social environment. So what I've learned is that there's a lot of people that, that forget about life, just like business. It's the same, you know, your ability to create true, genuine connection with another person, that trust that you form with a friend or a wife or a husband or your partner, that same trust has to be formed when you're growing a business, whether you're picking up a client or you're getting hired by a company, they have to trust you. 
that you have to be genuine and authentic and, and real and you have to focus on not the sale, not getting the money. The money shows up when the impact is felt. So that is truly something that's always been with me since day one. Yeah, that's amazing, man. And I think a lot of the listeners of this podcast are from my audience on LinkedIn. So we'll be using LinkedIn in some form or another, whether that's to generate business or build their personal brand. I guess there's a bit of suspicion, I guess, online, and particularly on LinkedIn when people do try to make connections, of people simply thinking they're reaching out just to make a sale. Um, often social media has been spoiled by people sending out spammy sales messages in, in first messages and in their posts and that sort of thing. How do you think people should get around that obstacle to actually build a, a real connection? Because we know the connections are so important, right? Yeah. Um, but there's that obstacle in place. I think, and, and what I truly feel is people get so addicted to the monetary aspect of their business that they just want to pitch and sell pitch. I mean, if it's not just LinkedIn, if, if, if people were to just take a, an external view of social media, if they were to look at Facebook, if they were to look at Instagram, IG story, everyone's trying to sell something. They're trying to sell this product. They're trying to sell this coaching program. They're trying to sell this mastermind. Everyone is in sales mode. And I rarely ever sell. Yet my business has increased every year for the last four years because I'm doing the most important thing, which is forming true connection. Because here's the thing, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk says this and it's so absolutely true. He says your network is always in direct correlation to your net worth. So just think about that for the second. For those high performers, those people that are really making good money, and that means something different to each person. They have huge networks. That means they, they've impacted, they've taken that time to organically grow. So, you know, all the, you know, you have those click funnel people, you have those, all, listen, I'm not saying click funnels don't work, but my, my rebuttal would be how genuine, authentic, and real of a relationship builder is a click funnel compared to you actually getting on the phone with someone and having a 15 minute discovery call. What's gonna form greater trust, rapport and relationship? And the answer 100% of the time is gonna be having that phone call. And right now, I, I, and, and you know, this is Sam, this is something that I'm, I'm very confused about with today's social media age. The, the idea of quote unquote ghosting, which I think everybody is familiar with, you know, where yeah. people read what, what really drives me crazy is when someone reads your message and they don't respond back and you've asked them a question or, you know, you've gone back and forth and they, and they don't want to get on the phone with you. What, what doesn't make sense to me is how could people not want to get on the phone with someone else? Now there's two trains of thought with that. Number one, they're, they're not interested and they don't want to be sold to or they feel like they're going to be pitched or sold to. But number two, the other side of that is that they've been overpitched and oversold to. So now they're, they've developed this skeptical side of them 
where every person that reaches out to me is just trying to gonna sell me. Yeah. And and that that's the funny thing about LinkedIn because so I'll, I'll share a story with you. There was this woman that I spoke to probably about a month ago. And I just sent her a simple message, you know, much like how you messaged me on LinkedIn. You know, I said, hey, so-and-so, you know, love what you're doing, would love to hear more and how we can support each other anytime for a call uh, to talk. That was it. It was a very simple message. So I, I got on the phone with her and we had a great 20-minute conversation and she shared something with me at the very end. She goes, before we get off the phone, she goes, I just need to share something with you. And she goes, Scott, I have close to 11,000 contacts on LinkedIn. She said, you are the first person to ever reach out to me, to talk to me, to see how we can support each other without trying to sell me a thing. Yeah. And she goes, I just wanted to share that with you because it meant so much to me. That was everything to me because, so how I left her was that much better because if there's ever a need for something that, that she heard that I do on that call, or if she bumps into someone that is looking for something that I do, guess who she's going to turn back to? It's going to be you, isn't it? Because of how I left her, the impression yeah. where, because again, it doesn't feel good to sell or pitch anybody, but it feels really good to make an, a genuine connection with someone where, and, and that's the thing. That's what I, I love about social media. And that's what I love about the internet. People don't get, this is your opportunity to expand your networks to beyond belief. This is your chance to, it, Robin Sharma says, you want to make millions, find a way to impact millions of people. You want to make billions, go find a way to impact billions of people. So if you're thinking about, if you think about all the millionaires and the billionaires in the world, how many people have they truly impact? Yeah. A lot, a lot of people. And that's what the misconception is. People think they launch a product. Oh, everyone's going to buy it. Well, if you don't, if you haven't taken the time to nurture and build that no like and trust factor with your network, it's never going to happen. And the art of human connection is something that we all have. It's a tool that is part of all of our DNA. Every human being has that DNA strand of wanting to connect with human beings. Think about when we're all kids, right? When we're at the playground. All we want to do is to play with other kids. They just want to play and play and play. And last night we were playing with Caleb and his, his parents, Amy and Dave. We were doing like a social distance walk, you know, as the kids were playing. And Taylor was riding his bike around and he like rides right up to them and he goes, what are your names? And Amy goes, my name is Amy and this is Dave. And he goes, nice to meet you. You have really nice kids. And then he rides off. And so again, you know, you learn a lot from your younger selves, whether it's going back, like you said, to your 12-year-old self, or if it's just watching the interaction of your children, you can learn a lot about human connection. Yeah, man, that's in incredible. And I think, yeah, to your point, just to add slightly, it's kind of ridiculous that people aren't taking advantage of the opportunity they have to actually establish connections and, and just sort of passing up on the opportunity not only on LinkedIn but on other social media sites as well I mean we've been connected for a while but never actually spoke and it really was as simple as just shooting a message out I mean you you could have just ignored that message and I didn't get anything back and I might have sent a follow-up but I had nothing to lose right 
I was, I, we sort of, we got connected from a place with no real agenda and obviously not trying to sell each other or anything. So I think that opportunity there is, is huge. And yeah, I guess this podcast episode right now is testimony to that. Um, Thank you. But it's, it's been awesome getting your thoughts over the last 20 minutes or so can tell how passionate you are about this and it really it really comes across in in the way you speak about it so it's been amazing chatting to you thank you very much for coming on oh, sam awesome. I, I i appreciate it just really grateful to be here awesome man as i mentioned i do like to finish these on on a lighter note which is a quick fire round so if you're up for it i'll put you under the heat of a little quick fire round before we finish let's do it cool so early starts or late nights Early starts. Tea or coffee? Coffee. <laughs> books or podcasts? That's a tough one. Uh, I, I love books. I love the feel of turning a page and, and highlighting things and going back. So I'll go with books. Best book ever? I, I'm going to have to say two. Uh, they're my Bibles. One is The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. And the other one is Go for No by Andrea Waltz and Richard Fenton. Awesome. Films or box sets or neither? Films or box sets. You know what? I'm going to say films um, because, you know, someone posted a, a funny meme or a, a post the other day about Back to the Future 3. They should never make more than one of a type of movie. When you start to, when you like, I mean, think about Ghostbusters. They had Ghostbusters one, two, and then they did the reboot with the ladies. Like, just you, you have to go with just the first original version, and you stop at greatness. Fair enough. <laughs> Your favorite pastime? I, I would say, you know, I, I have to go back to uh, to basketball. I just, nice. you know. I love playing, still love shooting the hoops and just, you know, reminiscing about some of the, the great times when I was a kid. Yeah. An unexpected fact about yourself? Unexpected fact is I, uh, I was a huge hippie back in the day. Uh, when I did have hair, I had a, a really, really big afro. Um, and I used to travel around uh, the country in the United States seeing a band called Fish. And uh, I just, you know, they're like kind of like a Grateful Dead type band. And I used to just get in cars with my friends. We would caravan and I saw close to 90 shows. Uh, and that, that was a uh, yeah, big passion of mine for a, a number of years. Awesome, man. That is unexpected. Yeah. And lastly, sum yourself up in three words. Resilient, caring, and genuine. Yeah, I think those three things have certainly come across in the 20 odd minutes we've, we've been chatting. Scott, thank you so much for chatting to us today. Where's the best place for people to check you out if they want to see more of your stuff? Well, thank you again. And yeah, you can go to my website, uh, www.scotterron.net. That's two T's and two A's. Uh, or on social media, you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook under Scott Aaron uh, or on Instagram. My handle is at Scott Aaron LinkedIn altogether. Awesome. I'll link those in the show notes. Scott, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Sam. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of In Conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please feel free to leave a five-star rating on your podcast provider. And if you are looking to build your personal brand or simply want some more free content on personal branding, head over to thatpersonalbrandingguy.com. That's thatpersonalbrandingguy.com. There's loads of great content over there and some information on how I can help you.